Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a show where three Arab parents in their 30s travel around the world in 80 hours and talk about anime. First off, check out my astronomically expensive body. I'm Bill. And let's just take care of two bitches at once. Andrew and Josh. What? what? Not you're, cool. Dude, your body is expensive. It, it's <laughs> magnificent, too. I've seen the bills the insurance paid. Yeah. Yes, oh, it Jesus. is. Uh, episode 19, folks. Can you believe it? Holy shit. I say it every time, but can you believe it? We're I almost know. done with Excel Saga, thankfully for Bill. Yay. And I want to start off by saying... Because <laughs> I'm out of whiskey. It's very true. Oh, your man. whiskey supply has gone down this, this quite is it. a bit. That's it? This is it. My oh, God. Jesus Christ. All the whiskey in the Quad Cities. There, there, so, there are still seven episodes to go. How is he going to survive? Uh... Cocaine. So, a reminder to you, the fans, episode 20, our next episode after this one, is our interview with Jessica Calvello. If you have not heard about this, well, I don't know how you missed last episode. I don't know how you haven't heard about it. I mean, we've made announcements. We've we've made announcements to the announcements. It's true. I'm this sure is we... your first episode listening. This is your first episode. Uh, we are going to be interviewing. We have interviewed. It's going to be airing next week. The interview with Jessica Calvello, mm-hmm. the voice of Excel and many others. So tune in for that next week and tell your friends, especially if they're fans of things like Attack on Titan, uh-huh. any of the other shows that she's been involved in, check out her IMDb. She has been in a lot of things. Let them know so they don't miss this episode. Exactly. Uh, so this week we've got another Menchie episode. Yes, it's a Menchie-sode, and it's Josh's week. Oh, but, be- but before we get to the furries... Uh, uh, sorry, there's no actual furries. Before no, we get to the episode... one dog. That's true. Uh, that's true. That's Technically true. two dogs in this episode. Dog and a ghost dog. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that should be like the next buddy cop movie. Ghost dog? Like ghost dog. I would watch it. He's a ghost dog. She's emergency food in the form of a dog. <laughs> Together they fight crime. An old robot man. Yes. Spoiler alert. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers abound. Don't worry, this episode's not as exciting, so uh, uh not really not, not much to spoil. Yeah. So uh, before we get there, yeah, pretty much. Before we get there in our ten minute review, let's get to nerd news <laughs> for two uh, hours of nerd news. Bill. Yo. You never start nerd news. Get any nerd news for us? Uh, well, they are releasing. New pictures of the Power Rangers costumes. Oh. The actors in the helmets with the visors retracted. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. Uh, thoughts? They look very Gundam meets Iron Man. Interesting. Like I said, the, the suits themselves are kind of Iron Man-y, but they kind of have an organic quality. They look like the mighty Morphin Scorpina Rangers, just like Rita <laughs> Repulsa looks like Scorpina. There's a, a similar aesthetic to... All the characters. So they're all going to, instead of getting into different dinosaurs, they're all going to be in uh, a different, different colored different scorpion? scorpion. What if they get into the scorpions himself? Like the, Rocky? Eight, like, like the yeah. 80s band? Yes. <laughs> Rocky like a hurricane. The Power Ranger outfits are just gimp suits and they bend over the scorpions. Oh my god. No one has bought me a gimp suit yet and I'm really upset by this. We're going to rock your anus like a hurricane, boy. <laughs> <laughs> So where where can uh, squeal like a rainbow in the dark? Should we should we try to remember to post uh, some pictures of that on our website or on on the uh, Facebook page? Facebook you are you are free to remember that. I will do what I can. Uh, right. When I put the episode together in a couple weeks, I'll try to remind you like I did with the the cupping thing to post a picture. <laughs> uh, Nightmares of that. So uh, Josh, all right. You noticed uh, we had a kind of an interesting opening there, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so I, I I'm pleased to announce that I have brokered an agreement. 
for some sponsorship by the Alps Corporation. Oh, we're not selling our soul to the evil corporate machine, are we? No, 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 no. Man, I don't know if I can handle that, man. Man, no, no, no. Alps is fine. They're altruistic. They're philanthropic. We're fine. Are you sure? Just, just look at the check. Okay, just look at the check. That's a lot of zeros. It is. And and I double checked, you see, that's a dollar sign, not a yen sign. Oh, so we're good. Yeah, not even pesos. This is this is American. Nice. American okay, well, uh, I guess we'll have to remember to roll that commercial in the midpoint. I do have another announcement, and that I am on Twitch. Ho oh, ho! He finally figured out how to use it. Is that what they're calling out in the street these days? Uh, no. I think that goes for a good, uh... Like, I knew he was on Twitch before, but... Yeah, I, I think I think if you want to get the real stuff, it's like $150, $200. Oh, man, I cannot afford that. I'm a, I'm, I'm a parent now, Andrew. I, I, I can't afford that, but... That's how you stand up all night with a kid. I plan to, every week, be Intravenously doing... injecting tw- Twitch. Is that like Red Eye from Cowboy Bebop? Oh, Jesus Christ. I was just thinking it was meth. Or Adderall. You got the same spires, Roman Reigns. Do you? No. Twitch. Uh, what's what's your what's your Twitch uh, name? So All right, so so definitely look me up on Twitch. That would be Twitch dot com slash Chainer. Now it's spelled a little different. It's spelled C H A Y because he's deep. N R. <laughs> yeah. So Twitch dot Twitch dot TV slash Chainer. Check him out. What day? I know you said you were going to be doing like an everyday sort of thing, but like me, like once a week. Once a week, I'm I'm planning on doing it. I'm still working out the logistics of my own programming schedule. I'm hoping to maybe do it every Wednesday. Okay. And I'm kind of looking at other ideas, maybe to do every three weeks or something like that. Maybe do a gimmick. You know, I'm playing this certain game, or if I'm playing a certain game that you guys have forbidden me to speak about, play a certain character the whole time, or, or just anything like that. I'd like to be able to try to help and expand the Questionable Endeavor Network. At questendnetwork.com. So uh, check out the Twitch channel once he gets his first Twitch stream up. Check the website. It'll be on the Questionable Endeavor Network or on our Facebook page. My news is not really news so much as I just want to talk about it briefly before we get into our review of this episode. All right. I'm the kind of person that I love. I do like anime quite a bit. but No shit. I, it's true. I'm doing a whole podcast on it. But I'm much more into older anime than I am into newer anime. A lot of newer anime I don't give, I don't think I give a fair shake to. Now, that being said, there's a couple that I have watched recently that I really did enjoy. Things like uh, The Devil's a Part-Timer. I thought mm-hmm. that was hilarious. Sword Art Online. Okay. However, however, I did decide I wanted to try something that I have not watched that like the entire world has watched. And I gotta, I'm bringing this up just for Bill because I'm not going to talk about the plot of it because everyone out there has probably already seen it. Bill, I think you might enjoy Attack on Titan. From what little bit I've seen, like on Watch Mojo lists and stuff, it looks interesting. It's definitely very interesting. I'm not the kind of person who can binge watch stuff, but I watched the entire series in like three or four days. It was really, it grabbed hold of me. The characters are really good. I think there's some flaws. My biggest flaws I have with the anime is that there's too many characters. And trying to keep track of who's who mm-hmm. becomes difficult. And also, there's a big reveal. I'm not gonna say anything about the big reveal, but when you when the big reveal comes, like like any typical TV show, they don't do a good job of making you care about that big reveal, in my opinion. But uh, but overall, it's a very cool TV show. It, it seems kind of Game of Thronesy, honestly, with like it's fantasy and there's super violence and there's a political there's intrigue, a lot of political intrigue as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the manga definitely goes deeper. So, Andrew, I just got to say, so did the show grab you? Did it pull you in deeper into its gaping maw? 
and, and then, then I, bite your head off. I was I was swallowed whole actually. Oh, I was swimming. I was swimming around in the belly of a titan for a while, and it was <laughs> it was not very pleasant. No, it, it was, wasn't. It wasn't. was not pleasant. Are you guys talking about vor? No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So, Attack on Titan. If you are one of those people like me who have not given it a chance, all I got to say is definitely give it a chance. The reason right. why I I initially started watching it was I wanted to hear. I was watching the American version. I wanted to hear Jessica Calvello's character to have something to talk about outside of Excel. And her character Hanji is very awesome. I, t- I I told you that character was not my favorite character in it, but it is a very good character. Oh, she, she's I I'm, I'm partial to Potato Girl. Um, ah, I, Sasha! Sasha's I, I, I like I liked her. She, she's this is a character, your typical anime character who who wants to eat all the time, and she's just like there's all this crazy stuff going around, and she just wants to eat, and it's great. It's fantastic. It's a good anime. Check I, out. I have to say, it it is a fantastic series. I'm glad that you watched it. Now, I know there's a lot of people that don't watch Attack on Titan because the fandom of it is so. It is a big, yeah. Yeah, it, it's like the uh, Hitalia craze a few years back because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there were people that were all about Hitalia, and I still don't watch Hitalia. It just I have not the seen premise that. never appealed to me. But I went and said this looked like it was interesting enough that even in the height, mm-hmm. I went in and watched it. And it's I'm, different enough. I mean, it's an anime, but it doesn't feel like your typical anime. No. It feels pretty bleak when you really Oh, it's think oh, it's extremely bleak. I mean, yeah. it's it's dark, it's bleak, it's sad, it's depressing. It's the art style is what got me. Like mm-hmm. just just like the 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 shading and like the extra thick lines around like characters and their facial features like that stylistically really stood out to me. I'm going to point out one thing. I don't think um this was ever meant or that you picked it up. But you remember the armored titan in the uh, second episode, the one yes. that blasts through the wall? Yes. Did he look kind of familiar to you? Maybe? Because, you know, he's kind of a beast. Hmm. A beast! Brock Bremer? <laughs> Brock Bremer. Really? Yes, he was actually... The, Inspired the... by Brock Lesnar? Yes. <laughs> I am going to have to go back to episode two and watch that now. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. <laughs> he got it, yeah. That does it for Nerd News, and now it's time for episode 19 of Excel Saga, Menchie's Great Adventure 2, Around the World in 80 Hours, and it's Josh's turn. So, Josh, if you would do us the honor. Alrighty, well, we open with Nabashin in the Antarctic. He looks so cozy he, in his parka. Yeah, emerging from a helicopter, looking for Menchie. I don't think he's well enough dressed. <laughs> Probably not. He's... Well, Menchie certainly isn't. No, no. After a few seconds of Nabashin calling out for Menchi, Menchi arrives, and we see that she's happy to see Nabashin. Picks her up, picks up a note that's on her collar, which says that Koshi Ricto has given his permission to make Excel Saga into an animal anime one more time. Do you think that Menchi is part husky? This is the second time we've seen her out in, like, the Arctic. She's Possibly. Got, like, but she didn't have those cute mittens this time. It's true. I miss the mittens. She's a Pomeranian Husky mix. Yes! <gasps> Best dog combination ever. Just throw in a little corgi, and, and that'd be amazing. Now she gets mauled to death by giant fucking penguins. Yep, that happens. Isn't that a Lovecraft story? Uh, yes! There is a Lovecraft story that has to do with penguins, specifically. Giant ones. Uh, giant ones, if I remember correctly. What I think one, I know which one. What I don't one remember. was that? I don't remember either. Theme song! My god, that was loud. So we go to our standard opening at the Across headquarters, where Lord Il Palazzo asks the girls how are they in their health. Yeah, that goes on for a while. Yeah. Um, we do get a couple of really silly Excel faces that yeah. I love. So actually, let's take a look at the girls' health here. Once asked, Excel goes busts into a monologue about how healthy she is and starts exercising, and Hyatt dies. Shocker. 
Peak health, folks. Peak health. They are they are good to go. I like how they, uh, when she does die, I think Excel makes a comment along the lines of, well, that's actually fairly healthy for her. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's all relative. It's all relative. It is. It is. Yeah. The new mission is so important that not only do the girls need to be in peak health, but Lord Il Palazzo decides not to drop Excel into the pit after her usually long and hyperactive... Well, actually, this was a more subdued monologue this time about being kicked in the face by Lord Il Palazzo's ideologies or... And there was a very sinister laugh on Il Palazzo's part. It was probably <laughs> the most sinister I've seen Il Palazzo up to this point, which is, I think, maybe giving us a little peek into future episodes Ooh, and yes. how things go. It looks like he's about to... has snake eyes. It's true, he does. They're freaky. Really? From G.I. Um, Joe? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Man, you know what? I've always wanted to know how you could get a personal ninja. This this is our research guy, folks. Hey, um, so did you guys pick up on the line that Excel said when she said, Oh, fraptuous day. Oh, yeah. And she, she drops the Jabberwocky line. Yeah. I love that. But yeah. It's, it's a good poem. Yeah. Check it out on the Shadow Bean podcast. It was done by a gentleman by the name of uh, Michael Denley. Yeah. So uh, go check yeah. that out. Well, anyways, I mean, this mission. Hey, Josh, Josh, you are my favorite host on the Questionable Endeavor Network whose name starts with J. Oh. That helps at all. Yeah, I'm the only one that starts with <laughs> no, J. No, you aren't. Anyway, this mission is so important, and as Lord Il Pazzo is about to give us the details, we cut to Menchi once again, bemoaning the fact that she is not free. When the window is broken by a random baseball, we hear some local street urchins arguing over the fact that they broke a window. Yeah, just random shit like that. Yeah, yeah. And Menchi checks out the hole when all of a sudden a futon mattress just falls out of nowhere. <laughs> One of my favorite with... favorite lines from the whole episode. You just hear in the background as the futon is falling. Oh no, I dropped my futon! This begs the question, gentlemen. If Excel and Hyatt's apartment is on the top floor... Of a two-floor. Of a two-floor apartment building. Mm-hmm. And there's been no visible sign of any other building higher mm-hmm. within the vicinity of how far that uh, futon dropped. Then how the hell did that futon fall? You, you know those old-fashioned planes that you have to pedal and they're open? It's one of those. They couldn't afford to get one of those actual moving trucks. So, Menchie decides she's going to take the shot. She leaps out the window, lands, lands on the futon mattress, sticks the landing. She goes to run off when the little kid runs screaming, help me, don't time on, and accidentally kicks Menchie into a passing garbage truck. Which, during that scene, when when they pass away, I think they come across the exact same background again when they stop. No, actually, it is a different background. Oh, is it? I thought it was the same background. Menchie gets out, exits the garbage truck at its next appointed stop, Begins to cross the street when the Help Me Do Taimon kid once again shows up and accidentally kicks Menchi into a passing delivery truck into a crate. Of Iro- meat. Yeah, ironically of meat. Absolutely. Then Menchi goes to the USA. Our first shot right. of the map, I do believe. Yes, the, the, we do see the uh, a map uh, plotting the course of, of the ship. It's mm-hmm. a Alps-sponsored cruise ship, by the way. Remember, our, our sponsor, the Alps. All hail the Alps. Yes. The cruise ship does arrive in California, Ricola. and Menchi is found and picked up by a crewman who begins to demand that she pays for the cruise, despite being a dog. Shiver me timbers, a stowaway! <laughs> well, she is saved by the timely intervention of a well-dressed young blonde woman, speaking in rhyme for some reason, who resigns to pay the crewman with a bean-boy-esque pile of money. The girl drops 50 million yen? I mean dollars? 
I don't know, but it's a stacks on stacks on stacks of cash. Hey, the, those pirates, um, <laughs> were they Canadian pirates? Because at one point he says, a boot. And I don't think they were pirates. What? Well, he's talking in pirate talk, though. Well, he's he's like, a ship, though. It, yeah, but he's talking as a pirate. It's called nautical, Andrew. Army mate. Nardal. He, he, <laughs> no, 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 that's, that's narwhal. Narwhal. He literally <laughs> says, shiver me timbers. That is pirate talk. He's not a pirate. But he... He's a seaman, Andrew. <laughs> Something you're very used to seeing. Well, maybe not seeing. Um, anyway, uh, so... Ew. <laughs> We're relatively landlocked. Uh, so we are introduced to this young woman. Her name is Anne Anzai, the heir to the Alps Corporation, voiced by Mandy Clark. So Anne drops some exposition on us. She needs to travel around the world in 80 hours, not using any planes, in order to receive her inheritance. What the fuck is it with these eccentric billionaires and giving out the most arbitrary bullshit conditions to their heirs in order for them to receive their inheritances? And then she has to stay the night in a haunted house! <laughs> <laughs> and then she gets bequeathed a boot to the head. She, she's bequeathed? 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 Bequeathed! Bequeath a boot to the head? <laughs> Boom. Oh my god. Oh. That's going to be a new Overwatch I, character. Boot to the head? Yeah, queefing a boot to the head. That sounds like the most amazing ult attack ever. Hide and excel! First things first, Menchi then notices a gunman at the top of the oh, show yeah. at the boat. A Gundam? Gunman. Gunman. He's a man made of guns. Yeah. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> Pretty awesome, actually. That's super she thwarts the attempt uh, on Anne's life. She does mention that she does have a hitman after her, probably trying to get her inheritance or stop her from getting her inheritance, one or the other. What's up with the sunglasses the guy's wearing? They're all, like, long and pointy. It's kind of a stylized anime thing. It's the I, Maybe to emphasize that he's a shady character. Don't, isn't that what, like, the visor looks like in that Gurren Logan anime? Yeah. And what is the mechs in that anime called? Gunman. Oh my god, Bill knows things about anime. This is this is really freaking Wow. I'm I just uh are we in Bizarro World? I think we are. This episode... Are you Bizarro Bill? Well, my pants are off, so no. <laughs> yeah, oh I was god. gonna say something about that, <laughs> well, but anyway. So Menchi agrees to join Anne on her adventure and oh shit. This is gonna be the adventure we're gonna be focusing on, isn't it? Mm-hmm. How did she know we recorded our PJs? That's a really good question, actually. I you figure I would be warmer since I'm in this like Six foot footy pajamas, but it's just not. I'm just that's, your basement's too cold. We need to get the silk pajama suits uh, from How I Met Your Mother. Why are you looking at me like you? You guys make more money than I do. Cut to Excel and Hyatt. They're in the desert. They're looking for the ruins of the lost non Bendaharan with the God of Destruction inside, waiting for the end of the century. When we see them get hit by a car driven by Anne, and she asks Menchie if she hit something, Menchie appears to respond in the negative. Seriously, guys, can can we see the girls' adventure? No, it sounds weird, and I, I, it doesn't even sound like a mission. It seems way more interesting than what we're getting right now. No, no, this seems like Il Palazzo's like, I really want to have a party, but I don't want the girls to feel like that they're invited. So I'm going to send them literally, I'm just going to make up five things in different continents and just send them. In Excel, dog hit you with car. <laughs> that scene where they get hit by the car and they go flying right. is funny as shit. Yeah, and and Anne notes that she thought she hit someone that looked like a Japan animation character. Yeah, I, I think I think it was pronounced Jap animation again. No, no it she, wasn't really. she said Japan uh, Japan animation. Oh, okay. I she did it was say Japan animation. animation, but then she does go off to say that she is rich enough that she could get out of any situation she gets into. Kind of like 
I don't know. Should we insert a Donald Trump com- comment here? I mean, I feel uh, or Lindsay to Lohan really? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. More, more, more Lindsay Lohan suited. Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that works too. He hit somebody with his mm-hmm. car. Motley Crue, uh, Vince Neil. Vince Neil, yeah, yeah, Vince Neil. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. True. And does also ask Minchie for her name, but she doesn't understand a response, and that's kind of funny because Anne's been understanding Menchie throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. Anne does decide to give. Menchi a name by calling her Menchi after going on a roundabout story about something she ate in Japan once. Yeah, at Wait. first I was confused because I thought that she was American, and then I finally realized she's Japanese because when I saw the commercial again, I realized, oh, the commercial is written in Japanese. Right. So I swore she was American because she was on the American side. I didn't realize she had already started her journey. That doesn't mean she's Japanese because the commercial was in Japanese. Yeah, that could, just, that could be just Jap- be the Japanese, the Japanese version commercial. of the Alps commercial. Yeah, but she has. If anything, if the company's called the Alps Company, she's probably Swiss. She has to be Japanese though because she recognizes, oh, Menchi. Like that's more of a Japanese word for. Maybe she's just cultured and speaks Japanese. Mm, she's rich, so right. that's and blonde. Yeah, as the Alps Company. Okay. So our assassin. The Swiss speak all kinds of languages. That's true. So our assassin does appear, and I forgot to point out that this guy looks suspiciously like a character from Lupin the Third. We get a lot of that in this anime. Mm, yes. Well, he a lot ap- of Lupin love. He does appear flying a single-engine plane, and Anne tells Menchie to get into the driver's seat and drive. She busts out a 9 millimeter revolver, I think, and uh, Josh, proceeds to... What? 9 millimeter. I don't know shit about guns, dude. Dude, I even know that's wrong. And I'm the most anti-gun person you're probably ever going to meet. It's probably a 38 since she's a... I mean, it could be a 44, but okay. that would be a big round for a girl that size. But possible since the anime. But nine, it, you don't put 9mm in a revolver. I've never heard of it. I'm not a gun expert here. But you don't put... I'd never heard of 9mm rounds in a revolver. That's usually like a 22 of his real small revolver. missing the point here, though. Menchie is driving a car. Yeah, Menchie is, is driving a car. fucking adorable. And standing on the hood... Look like we're going to have a game of chicken between the biplane and uh, Anne. And uh, the assassin opens fire and Menchie shows us her amazing speed racer-esque driving skills. And then Anne takes a shot and the assassins shoot and they shoot each other at the same time. Anne gets knocked into the backseat, but Anne does hit the plane and it crashes. See, that plane could have been carrying a futon for all we know. Really? We're going yeah. on about the futon again? <laughs> of course we are. That's a futon duster. It is a futon duster. <laughs> they fly off from Ikea. They just <laughs> yeah, yes! Drop them about the countryside. Oh my god, that's great. To their natural habitats. <laughs> All right. Anne reminisces about uh, the last time that she fired her gun, but it's, uh, well, it's far too vulgar to speak of it here. As they drive off, we cut to a familiar pair of legs emerging from the wreckage of the plane. One looking a bit more robotic than the other. Oh, I didn't catch that. And we cut to a view of our assassin with uh, numerous spots of flame all over him, but he seems none the worse for wear. Team Rocket's blasting off again! Wait for the twinkle! (laughs) So we cut to our globe, which shows the progress of Menchie and Anne, and it looks like they have ended up in Colombia. Okay, so they were driving a car. Right. Through the Mojave Desert. But... The arrow goes from, like, California into the water around to, like, Mexico and not Colombia. Nabashine has a flying swimming car. Okay, fair enough. And she's yeah. super rich. Is it a Mitsubibi? It might be. Okay. Mitsubibi convertible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. While Anne is, is enjoying a can of chilled coffee in Colombia, commenting on having coffee in the place where it's born, we cut to the actual overarching plot of the entire series. Pedro! Pedro, indeed. He is shocked. Wait, is Pedro Colombian? No. Could be. I South Central American, I don't Which know. Which is Colombia. 
Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Pedro is distraught to see that both the great will of the macrocosm and sexy X cuddling up to that man. Pedro asks why, and the sexy X says that it's because Pedro was constantly working and never saw his family even though he was living in Japan, and he makes that argument, but she cuts him off by saying, Gomez commuted every day from Japan to see her in Sandora. Because he's some kind of godlike being. Exactly. Yes, I'm going to, you know, she, she obviously has not noticed that, well, that's pretty expensive way of travel every day, mm -hmm. and that the work that they were both supposedly doing in Japan would not have gotten them that much money that quickly. Did you guys I just had a brainstorm? He was called that man, and he was that Gomez. Right. Yeah, that, no shit. That is his first name. Yeah, no shit. You just now realized Yeah! That? No shit. Oh, okay. I, yes, <laughs> I realized that was a, that. I, I, I thought I was onto something there, never mind. Right. You Continue. were, you just... Carry on, I'm, I'm behind the rest of the class, carry on. You're well, the Great Will does say oh, that it... I mean, paste in the back, back of the classroom. I never ate paste, I just picked it off. Okay, fair enough. And the great Will says it's because she's a woman first, and, well, let's face it, every girl's crazy about a sharp-dressed man. It's true. Uh, his, and His line is great. Are you going to say his line? Or... Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> yeah, thank you. But she didn't mean to lead Pedro on. She thought that he was that man of legend. And before we get into Nabashin showing up to talk about said man of legend, that man says, you've got to be diligent to a score with the women. Uh, and it, it's that. a great line. It's a yeah. great line. And also, that man does gloat over his apparent victory. That is until, as you said, Andrew, Nabashin shows up. And by the power of the director, he has the afro! I cradled the microphone in my hands the best I could. I'm, I'm sorry. I tried to keep you safe. So there's a little Dragon Ball Z slash He-Man going on here? Yeah, he, he powers up Pedro and he grows an afro. And he doesn't like it. No. Break card. And uh, while we're at the break card, I think it's time that we uh, pay some bills. For the strongest deal to stir fry noodles. We're the guardian of your home. The goddess that anticipates your needs. We're the ones behind you. Alex is at your service. Wasn't that a great advertisement? It was. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Alps. Thank yeah. you for this big, fat check. I wish Super Saiyans got afros when they transformed. They kind of do. No, they're gold. But they, like, go spiky up in the air. Yeah, and then it kind of comes down like a mullet. Well, when... Froze would be way better. To be fair, when was Dragon Ball Z made? 1995? Uh, were mullets still a thing in 95? Oh, God, yes. This could be them, like, attempting to be... Like, hip with the popular culture. I don't know the multiple no, popular. This, this conversation well, existed. is actually... I'm going to have to say, this conversation is a lot more interesting than the boring-ass plot that we're back at. Well, then let's fly through it, shall we? All right, well, Animentia have crossed Central America, and they arrive in New York, photo op. They get lost in the ocean and arrive in Europe. Anne gives us some more exposition, this time that she's had a previous association with a semi-well-known character from a past episode. <gasps> Wolf! Yes. Yeah. Also known as Takahashi. Yep, yep. They shoehorn this whole, like, kind of connection in. Yep. Yeah, that even though that she was a human and he was a dog, they became uh -huh, uh -huh. good friends. Good friends. And then she left him. Yep. Which is how that usually works. Humans and dogs can be friends. They can be. I am very good friends with my dog, thank you very much. Yeah, she's like, even though we were, she is a dog and I'm a human. I mean, unless they're fucking. 
Well, maybe they were. Well, then that would be weird. That would be weird. That would be very weird. Well, but just to we be are friends, not, that's not no, like, that's, that's what you do. I mean, at let's least get the away dog from the talks. If. Yeah, that's true. Let's get away from the if, okay? Not no, saying it makes it better, but I'm just saying. No. <laughs> so after Anne does her exposition, we do see that there's a shadowy, familiar figure of the assassin dressed as a sailor waiting Is... for them. It looks like the girls are trying to catch the white tiger-striped whale. And when we see the whale emerge, it actually looks like something you would see designed by Tim Burton with the uh, black mm-hmm, and white mm-hmm, pinstripes. Mm-hmm. Again, another favorite line from this episode. When Hyatt looks at him and says, I will be going now, and then dies. Dies. <laughs> <laughs> so adorable. It is awesome. So we go back to the travel montage, and uh, we get a few more pictures. Uh, this time it looks like the assassin has decided to photobomb. Uh, all of them. All of them. He's bullfighting in Spain. He's got a bag of baguettes in France. He's Wearing a Vampire Hunter D hat. Which was cool. He's got like some weird, he's in the, almost barely in this picture of a strange image of Menchi stuck in a sculpture. I didn't catch the reference on that one. I don't know either, honestly. I didn't see it either. Yeah. I... So now we cut to the Sahara He'd Desert. He'd be more successful if he was just straight normal bombing them. Yes. Well, you'd think, but how many successful bombings have we actually had in the show? Two? One. Fans, go back and count the number of bombings and how many were successful for us. Thanks. All right, so we cut back to the Sahara Desert where Anne and Menchie are traveling by camel, and Menchie's just kind of, you know, hating the fact they're in the desert, and Anne keeps reassuring her that that assassin's nowhere near. They can see him from 10 kilometers away. When the camel begins to plummet down a big old sand pit, and what emerges is, holy shit, is that the Sarlacc? That's an antlion. Yeah, I thought it was an antlion from, like, uh, it reminds me of that scene from Final Fantasy IV. It was the bard character, and the main character, and uh, Tella, and they had to fight the antlion. Yeah, like the Onkegs in D&D? Yeah, I love those monsters. And I was really hoping it was Sarlacc, but okay. And tries to get out of this uh, hairy situation by the tried and true Republican method. Shoot at it, and then throw money at it. Neither work. So the sand vagina's hairy. Got it. <laughs> so Menchie ends up saving Anne. So after she saves them, we once again cut back to the map, and they arrive in Hong Kong. Oh, before you before you go on, I just wanted to mention, too, um, <laughs> I thought this was hilarious. The camel, when it dies... It gets eaten and devoured immediately, and the bones are spat back up, but then it's revealed that it's, it's the assassin. So did the assassin just eat a camel whole and spit out all the bones? Yeah, man. I just thought hungry. he had a spare pile of camel bones. Like, he hid the camel and oh, just chucked the bones in the air. That's actually I'm, much less creepy, actually. I was thinking, you know, he'd been waiting there for hours, if not days, man. He Motherfucker was hungry. That's possibly true, too. Motherfucker was hungry. All right, anyway, carrying on. <laughs> We're in Hong Kong. We are in Hong Kong. And it's been 70 hours, and Anne is at the home stretch, and of course, she offers Menchie a home. And a stretch. And then, of course, that's when the assassin shows up and reveals his identity to be the old man. Yeah, remember the old man way back in episode whatever the hell Menchie's Great Adventure was? Right, and like on, episode 10 or 9 or something? And then on top of that, he's also Anne's uncle. And he's also, like, almost all robot, like Bill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, honestly, is, is anyone shocked by this reveal that not only is the assassin her uncle who was so kindly in helping her and that he wants all the money to himself, is that really surprising to No, anyone? not really, it's but I... I wasn't surprised. I didn't really see it happening, but I didn't care. I... I just don't like how they shoehorned in, like, he's actually alive! The dogs rebuilt him! So Anne does ask why he wants the money, and he goes, well, it's to pay this astronomically expensive body. You're going to hate the last hour and 20 minutes of RoboCop. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) 
The not-so-kindly uncle exposes that after he was killed by Menchi, the hounds did rebuild him, and yes, he needs the money in order for the doctor bills. Mm -hmm. So the old man tries to shoot Menchi, and instead, Anne takes the bullet. So Menchi, pissed off, channels Wolf, attacks the old man, and they struggle until they hit to the edge of the cliff, and, well, the edge of the cliff breaks off, the old man plummets, and inexplicably explodes. Wasn't that Yamcha's attack on Dragon Ball? What? Exploding? <laughs> no, he'd punch, and there's like a ghost wolf around his fist, and he like hits with oh, it. Oh, the wolf fang strike? Yeah. You know what attack I want not, for, not my, a next, bad, not for a bad my next point. like sci-fi character? I want stomach beam. That was a great attack. Oh, God, yeah, that's right. He did him. He's, he goes, stomach beam! <laughs> <laughs> As the old man is blown up, uh, the updraft of explosion launches Menchi safely away, and we see that later, uh, Excel and Hyatt are... Um, <laughs> Set off a massive uh, firework, uh, which obviously took out the old man, and they also find Anne's body, thinking that it's a murder scene. Whoa! It's a murder case! And Excel well, says. You know, she's still a little bit alive, and, well, Hyatt decides to give her some medicine that she uses for emergencies. Yeah, emergency medicine, which is, like, green, disgusting, kind of like her vomit, and it freaks this girl out. Like, I love... She jumps up. The perfect pause. There was the perfect amount of pause, like, right. after the pouring of just, like, nothing. And, like, you're waiting, and you're waiting. Then the eyes just, just burst, burst open, open, bloodshot. And she runs out screaming, Energy! And she is just cracked out. And, and she, she swims, swims from Hong Kong to Japan. Well, there you got go. that in Colombia. In <laughs> less than ten so. hours. Yes. So we have a series of events that show that Menchie is back home. Excel mm -hmm. and Hyatt also return home immediately to find Menchie not only passed out, but passed out next to the baseball that broke the window. All for the punchline of the whole episode. Excel is upset because she tells Menchi that if she wanted to play, she could have done it outside. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Menchi said. The ball yeah. clearly came in the window. Right. Like, she didn't play inside and throw the ball through the window from the outside into the inside. It's, it's I, Excel. I really don't. Hyatt should be smart enough to at least see. Hyatt probably is dying at that point and doesn't pay attention. So we get our final uh, card that the experiment has failed. We then go to another Alps commercial. Yes, the same Alps commercial. And then we cut to the neighbors. Then we do. We're hoping to get a spot in the episode, but once again are cut out. They should suck it up. They were the stars of the last episode. That is episode 19, Menchie's Great Adventure 2, Around the World in 80 Hours. Thank God. So I guess now we're going to talk about what we thought. I'll start this time. I think I went last last time, so unless someone else wants to start. No, you go ahead, man. Uh, this episode is a mixed bag. I Listening back and talking about it, there were more moments in this episode where I said, I really like this, that was a really good animation, there was a really good line. I did. I think I did enjoy this episode. Not a whole lot, but I enjoyed it enough uh, for it to be a, a decent episode of Excel. It's going to be a mid-episode for me. My biggest thing and complaint about this is that this is the first time that they've really recycled a theme. You have original themes every single time, and here we have a recycled theme of, I give my permission to make it a animal anime again. Again. So, right. well, so that this, was This is strange. Excel Saga's take on the sequel. Oh, Ooh, that's a good way of putting that it, actually. That is not a bad idea there. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah. That being said... Then I guess I don't have a problem with that. That's interesting because hmm. it was interesting to see. This is one of the first times, aside from the Pedro story and the overall plot of a cross taking over the world, where you do see a story theme, and it, it feels like a sequel. Elements brought back. Yeah, elements right. brought back. The 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 villain who was brought back to life inexplicably. And yeah, right. we've got we've got the 
the the mentor figure who died but like is helping to you know granting the power to the the protagonist force ghosting yes so Nick yeah that's old man. that's pretty good so overall i thought it was a pretty good episode much better than last week's shit episode i would recommend it i wouldn't recommend it super highly but i'd recommend it maybe watch it Minchie's Great Adventure and Minchie's Great Adventure 2 back-to-back. That I kind of want to do. I kind of want to go back and watch those two back-to-back just to see how it kind of plays out. You know? How they sync up. Yeah, and maybe maybe there's some things we missed because it's been a while since we've talked about Minchie's Great Adventure 1 that we didn't catch little hints. Maybe there are little Easter eggs in there that we just didn't see. Bill, what did you think of the episode? Yeah, no, it was it was boring. I okay. Mean, it had a few gags, but no, this was a painful one to get through. Didn't it, didn't it feel kind of short to you, though? This one felt really short. Like, even more short than the last episode. Yeah, I suppose it did feel kind of short. I guess it got over quick, but mm-hmm. it was dull. Like, I didn't know or care what was going on in the Excel. I guess you're not supposed to. Right. It was, a, it was an episode to give Menchie a little bit more spotlight, because okay. Menchie has been missing from the last several episodes. Okay. Like most sequels, it just didn't hold up. Um. <laughs> I'm going to have to agree with Bill that it's boring, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad episode. I think we've seen some worse episodes already. Like Ditenzin. No, not Ditenzin. Oh, Ditenzin's like, like amazing. Ditenzin's amazing. I feel like we laughed a lot at Municipal Force Ditenzin. Yeah. What I took away from this episode is that I think it's more of a kind of a uh, take on the uh, adventure animes, especially the old ones from the 70s like Lupin the Third and uh, Speed Racer. You kind of have those motifs of each where it's just this world-traveling adventure. Not a whole lot going on. There's... And I think that was intentional, too, because we had this other far more interesting adventure going on with Excel and Hyatt, which Mm -hmm. is off-camera. Right. But we have more emphasis on this kind of bland, pretty much paint-by-the-numbers story, which is full of everything that's predictable. A young, rich girl trying to earn her inheritance through arbitrary means. Mysterious, shadowy uh, assassin who we have a unsurprising plot twist Mm -hmm. is... I think that's that's all meant to, to be there. And on that part, I, I think that's good, but at the same time, it was a chore to watch this episode. But Bill's take on it being the take on a on a sequel, I like that idea. It kind of does change my perspective on it just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I still feel that in the end, while not a bad episode, it's there. It's filler. Yeah, it is. I mean, and speaking of filler, next week we have another filler episode uh, but don't worry, fans. We are going to bring you something much better than a filler episode. We're going to bring you an interview with Jessica Calvello, the voice of Excel. So the definitely yeah, the original voice for episodes 1 through 13. Please do not miss this episode. It was so much fun. I had the distinct honor to sit down and talk with her over Skype for over an hour, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy this interview. We will talk about uh, episode 20 is actually a Pedro recap episode. It goes through and shows every segment from Pedro's story in one continuous thing. So do go and watch that episode. We're not going to really talk about it a whole lot. We are going to do, I think, maybe a little bit of a recap at some point on the new stuff. They add a little bit. Overall, it's interesting to watch, I think, the Pedro stuff in order and back to back. Right. Instead of being segmented into little bits of every episode. Right, so, right. Seeing little bits uh, in, a, in a span of 19 episodes, you yeah. get the full, so, the full thing. Yeah, go watch episode 20. Definitely okay. do. It's interesting to see it all play out, and it makes you wonder, did they really have this all figured out from the start, or were they really grasping at straws? And it's interesting to see that progression all at once. All right. um, but definitely tune in next week for the interview with Jessica Calvello. We'll be back after that with episode uh, 21 which is, uh, I can't remember what the episode... Oh, it's the one with the rock and roll star, isn't it? 
Oh, yeah. Lord. Yeah. Yeah, one of yeah. my least favorite episodes. Yeah, oh, man. That's, I, I, I remember this one being kind of like, uh, I don't know what's going no, on. It's... When I thought Daitenzin was bad, I think the, the episode 21 might be worse. Well, but let's, we'll, let's, let's, we'll yeah. save that in, in a couple episodes. Yeah. But right now, what, what's going on on the next episode? I, I keep forgetting. What, what? Oh, Jessica Calvello will be here. Right. Yeah, right. so check that out. You, you have not made any, a single mention of that Never. at all this not, episode. Not at all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's only next week's episode, Andrew. It is. I'm, I'm getting the jitters. Um, <laughs> so, Bill, take us out, buddy. This has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three Arab parents travel the world in 80 hours and watch anime. While traveling. While traveling. It's not safe if we're driving. Like, in our in our pajamas, even. Oh, yeah, in they're our in, pajamas. In our pajamas. pajamas. Yes, yes. I have an astronomically expensive body. I'm Bill, and these two bitches are Andrew and Josh. God damn it! I was gonna come up with something different for myself. Fuck. Better luck next time, my Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. To find out more about the show, visit tuningjapanese.com. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, on Twitter at tuningjapanese, and Tumblr at tuningjapanese.tumblr.com. You can also send us any questions, suggestions, or feedback by emailing the show at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Be sure to also leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Tuning Japanese is a part of the Questionable Endeavor Media Network. Visit questnnetwork.com for more information on our other podcasts in this network, including the Shadow Bay Podcast, Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Raw Attitude Podcast, and the Geek and Gamer Guild.